would please, the book of Proverbs. Uh, if we can't, we need, I look, I actually wrote down how many I need. I need a bunch. Uh, men, I think I need 11. If we had 11 men that could help us read a text. Uh, can, Brother Andrew, you got first. Matthew, oh boy. Oh boy. We're not going to do that because it's, it's 27 verses. Let me give you a different one. Deuteronomy 4. 33 through 36, Deuteronomy 4, 33 through 36. Uh, Brother Donald, Hebrews 12, 25. Those who are, Brother Chris, Jeremiah 9, 24. Brother Nathan, Daniel 9, 15. Daniel 9, 15. Brother Lou, Exodus 19, 5 and 6. Brother Wally, Matthew 5, 48. Matthew 5, 48. Brother Levi, did you have your hand up? Did we give you one? I didn't. Uh, Romans 5.17. Romans 5. Who else, fellas, that can help us? Brother Kevin, 2 Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21. I think just a few more. Brother Stephen, why didn't you raise your hand? Oh, you did? All right. Honor preferring one another. All right. <laughs> He's already sleeping. <laughs> All right. Uh, Deuteronomy, you got, uh, Stephen, just do this, 28, 1 through 8, if you would, Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 8, Brother Allen, Philippians 4, 19, did I miss anybody? Let me see, Brother Travis, let me see, uh, can you do Proverbs 33, 12, Brother Travis, Proverbs 33, 12, the rest of us are turning to Proverbs chapter 12. Remember we said this three weeks ago as we, as we are bringing our study in Proverbs to an end that all of the remaining lessons will be topographical. In other words, we weren't going verse by verse necessarily, but we're going to cover a topic, so we'll bounce around a bunch in the book of Proverbs. I want to talk to you about it seems like a, uh, a very simple subject, but a very needed subject. The call of righteousness, we find it in the book of Proverbs. How many of you understand that Christianity today is seeing how close they can get to the world? In our music, in our dress, in our entertainment, we're just trying to see, well, what's wrong with it? Uh, and sometimes we need to ask what's right with it. And the Bible says in the book of Ephesians that we are to prove all things, whether they're acceptable to Him or not. So Proverbs chapter 12 will begin our study tonight. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father... Many requests tonight and many praises. I thank you, Father, for the service that was held here just hours ago. Thank you for diligent and caring uh, people uh, that would come and support Brother Phil and be here for the service and, and faithful ladies uh, that would service a meal afterwards and men that would clean up. And Father, thank you. And I, I know that many of these folks are tired and, and yet they're here tonight. And I thank you for bringing them back. But Father, we need you to be refreshed from your word. We have many needs that have been brought to you in prayer tonight. Father, what a blessing it is to see Chris and Rainey here tonight. And the doctors have given them the good news uh, of a little baby that's soon to be born. And, but there's some things that we ask and we, we covet your uh, touch on this little baby's life, Father. Doctors are not always right. And certainly they can see some things through imaging and tests that we cannot see until the baby's born. Uh, and yet so many times down through ministry, I've understood the doctors were concerned and the little baby that was born was perfectly healthy. And that is our prayer for Chris and Rainey. And Lord, that you just strengthen and guide them. 
And, Father, that you would be with that little baby. We said this on Sunday, that you do some of your greatest work in the womb, and we pray that you do so here. And, Father, we think about other requests. Uh, uh, Brother Lou mentioned his brother-in-law, and, Lord, we do pray for him, that you'd strengthen him. And, Father, we pray for Brother Tim tonight, and homesick, and missed Sunday, and missed tonight, and that's not like him. It would be a blessing to see him on Sunday, and I pray that you'd strengthen him where he could be back on Sunday. We do uplift before you, Brother Phil, tonight. I know we have family around him, but, Father, soon that family's going home. And, Lord, he's going to need your strength. That house and everything in it speaks of a faithful wife that was at his side for so many years. And I pray that you would be that person in Brother Phil's life now to give him a purpose and a reason to live, to give him strength. And, Father, that we as a church family might come around him and love him as you would have us to love him. We do thank you for answered prayer. Uh, Lord, Brother Mike and Kathy mentioned their uh, travels and how that you took them safely to Montana and back. We thank you for that. We thank you for Brother and Mrs. Moore that were brought safely home. We thank you for um, LaVey and, and, and Kathy that you've helped them in their surgery. We thank you for Brother Donald. And, and Father, we do pray for Barb tonight that you would touch her in the hospital. And we do pray that soon she'd be home and fully recovered. And what a blessing it would be to see her on Sunday. But we ask your will to be done. Lord, meet with us tonight. Help us in this Bible study. Call us to righteousness and help us to understand the standard that you have set for us. In Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. As we begin the study in the book of Proverbs, we, meant, we said this, that there were two different calls that were going out. There was the call of wisdom and the call of wickedness. And we, we, there's a simple man, the wise man, and the foolish man, and they answer those calls. And can I, can I tell you this? In Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 7, is the theme verse for the book of Proverbs. And it tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom with all thy getting, get understanding. But I ask you this tonight. How can we know what markers, what is the barometer that we can know are we answering the call of wisdom in our life? If we are responding to wisdom's call, there will be righteousness in our character. I'm going to say it again. If we are responding to wisdom's call, there will be righteousness in our character. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. applicably said this, God never used anyone who didn't first have character. So what is character? Character is what we are and who we are when nobody's watching and nobody's around. What we do when nobody's around tells us what the depth of our character is. Those who obey wisdom... The wisdom taught in God's Word will be more skillful in the handling of the affairs of life. Life trips us up sometimes. Life gives us some things we don't seem to have the answer to. Let's remind ourselves in week number one of this study, we gave a definition of wisdom. I like to, this is a personal definition. I believe it's, uh, it can be backed up with Scripture. Wisdom is applying the biblical principles to the practices in our daily life. So any area, I'm thankful for Brother Andrew and Sydney who have taken Tuesday nights and helped us from the Word of God to understand how to honor God in finances. Uh, we see this and many times we teach and as we look at the calendar this next year, we hope to do this as well. We will have some interim classes to help couples to understand how to apply the wisdom of God in their marriages. But I'm going to say this to you, in any area of our life that we take biblical principles and put them into practice, we are wise in those areas. 
And so let's look at that in the scriptures. God's wisdom must first transform our hearts and our character before he can guide and bless us. How many of you desire the blessings of God in your life? I do. And so we understand this as we respond to his wisdom. And the Bible says in Proverbs that wisdom crieth daily in the places of business in our lives. Wisdom cries out. Look at chapter 12 and verse number 20, uh, chapter 12, verse number 28. In the way of righteousness is life. In the, in the pathway thereof, there is no death. Look at Proverbs, if you would. Chapter 8, we'll use a lot of stops in the book of Proverbs. Chapter 8, and look at verse number 20. I, speaking of wisdom, lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment. Chapter 10, and verse number 28. The hope of the righteous shall be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked shall perish. Uh, so we look at this. Here's a first blank to fill in. The wicked have hopes, but they are false hopes. I thought about this this afternoon as Brother Bliss conducted this service, and then we had a graveside service. And I thought about this. The Bible says when we lose a loved one, we sorrow. But we don't sorrow as those who have no hope. We have great hope that we'll see our sister again. We have that great hope. So the wicked have hopes, but they are false hopes. There's a blank to fill in. Let's look at this, the God of righteousness. The word righteous or righteousness or upright are mentioned often in the book of Proverbs. What do we mean by it? It is a conduct of holiness and separation from the world. Now, don't do this. Don't automatically assume because we're separate from the world that we're holy. That is not true. So holiness and separation from the world, it's a conduct of character. Jesus warned us of living a life of outward righteousness without the inside not being right. That's found in Matthew 5. He berated the Pharisees. He called them, he called them whited sepulchers. Here's what they would do. Those phylacteries, they were, they were garments on, and you think about part of their priestly garment, and they would, they would make long the phylacteries. In other words, look at me. I'm righteous. I'm holy. And the Lord said, you're whited sepulchers. You, inside, you're full of, of rottenness and dead man's, like dead man's bones. So let's not say this. Wisdom... And following wisdom or righteousness is not a set of rules, arbitrary rules or principles that we walk by. But it's the holiness in our character. Our God, we look at this. Oh, I didn't give anybody this. Who didn't get a verse, men? Uh, Brother Josh, 1 John 1, 5. 1 John 1, 5. We look at this. Our God is a righteous God. We said to you as we started these services tonight that Allah cannot be compared to our God. Muhammad cannot be compared to our God. Muhammad was wicked and evil. Muhammad had brides that were under the age of 12. He was a wicked, evil man. And we built a, we built a following on a wicked, even man, evil man. But can I tell you this? As you share your faith, as you and I share Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world, with the authority of the Word of God, we can tell them we serve a holy and righteous God. 1 John 1, 5, Brother Josh. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no 
All right? In our Savior, in our God, is no darkness of all. His character is holy and without sin. If you go with me to the book of Deuteronomy, uh, there's another verse I didn't give somebody. Deuteronomy chapter number 32. We'll spend a good while in the book tonight in Deuteronomy as well as Proverbs chapter 32. Our God is a holy and a righteous God. In chapter 32 of Deuteronomy and verse number Four, look at what it says. He is the rock. Is it capitalized in your Bible? Who's it speaking of? Jesus is our rock, does it not say? All right. He, watch it. He is the rock. His work is what? Perfect. For all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. So our God is a righteous God. Number two, God's word is righteous. Look in your Bible at chapter 8 of Proverbs. God's word is righteous. God does not need man to correct his word. I don't know if it bothers you. If I listen to a preacher teacher of the word of God and they say something like this, uh, although our, they'll read the text in the Bible and they'll say, it should be better said, and then they correct the word of God. I don't know what that does to you. It bothers me. God's word is perfect, and it is right, and it is upright. Look at chapter 8, and look at verse number 6 through 9. The Bible says, Here, for all I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth, and, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. Now watch this. All the words of my mouth... When we say God's word is inspired in Timothy and Titus, it talk, in 2 Timothy, it talks about inspired means God breathed out of the mouth of God. Now watch now Solomon or wisdom is speaking, for my mouth shall speak truth and wickedness is abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing forward or perverse in them. God's word needs no correcting, needs no correction. All right? The Word of God reveals the God of the Word. There's a blank to fill in. They are inseparable. Go with me to Psalm 119. If you can't go there, I'll read Psalm 119. All of the verses in Psalm 119, we believe, speak of the Word of God. But look at verse number 130. Psalm 119 and 138 says this. Uh, that thy testimonies thou hast commanded are righteous and very faithful. Can I say this to you? You can base your eternal soul on the Word of God. You can base everything in life on the Word of God and be glad that you did. During the Old Testament time, uh, Christ time, the Old Testament, other nations had their gods and their temples and their priests and their sacrifice, but only the nation of Israel had a God who spoke to them personally and entered into covenants with them. Did he? He entered into covenants with Abraham, did he not? Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 15. Did he enter into a covenant with Noah? Yes. Did he, does he, and did he enter into covenants with his people? Yes, he did. But the other nations and peoples of the earth, he did not. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 33 through 36. Men who has that?
So the children of Israel heard the, the vocal voice of God. Did they not? Mount Sinai and other times, they heard His voice. But God did not share that closeness with other nations and peoples. Today, then, we can rejoice that we have a perfect and preserved Word of God, but we must be careful. Sometimes we brag about the idea we have a perfect Word of God, and we do. But understand this. With the privilege of hearing God's Word and having God's Word, here's a blank to fill in, is the responsibility of obeying God's Word. James said, if we look into the what law of liberty? Perfect law of liberty, the mirror, God's Word, and continue therein. I looked. I told you about this before. I can't see the back of my head. And the last thing my wife does for me every day when I leave the house is she makes me come up to her and back up and turn around. And she'll put my rooster tail down. And sometimes she'll shake her head. Oh, sweetheart, I don't know how you messed up the back of your head like that. But you know what? Now, if I did it up front, if I looked into the mirror, which I do, and I got a rooster tail going, and I just said, well, I see it, but it'll take a water and some comb and lay it down, something's wrong. I think about this. So we do have a perfect copy of the Word of God without error. But we are duty-bound to obey it. We have a responsibility. Hebrews 12, 25. Hebrew, Brother Donald. Amen. So watch this. We're studying about righteousness. Wisdom, as we incorporate it into our character and our life, leads to holy living, leads to righteousness. We look at what's righteous. We have a righteous God. We have a righteous uh, a, a Bible that's perfect. And I think about this. God's acts are righteous. They're right. Jeremiah 9.24. Men, who has that? Jeremiah 9.24. Did it get, Brother Chris? Daniel 9.14. Men, Daniel 9.14. Now, the acts of God, listen to his brother Nathan reads, the acts of God are righteous. Brother Nathan? Therefore, hath the Lord watched upon the heathen, and God is high, for the Lord our God is righteous in all his doings, which he doeth, whether he is or not. Some of you may, like I am, witnessing to a morally, the world would say, a very good man. I mean, honestly. This man is a fantastic neighbor. I don't know how many times he doesn't claim. He said, Gordon, I, I know that you believe in God and you believe in the Bible. I just am not convinced. But several times as he's a businessman in this community, as he sees somebody dying, he's also a, sh a shriner, and he'll call me and said, would you go visit this man? Not far from the church, some years ago, he called me a full bird colonel. 
was laying on his deathbed and dying. And I had the privilege to go to that man's house, that colonel's house, and just within hours of his death, lead him to faith in Christ. But this man will tell you, I'm not yet convinced. And one of the things, and if you are witnessing to somebody who's agnostic or atheistic, one of the things they want to point back to are, is the evil in the world. Do they not? I witnessed to a man when I first came to town, and he just he would never shut me off, but he just, he just, would, uh, he just wouldn't respond. And finally one day when I was just talking to him, he snapped at me. And he said this, don't you tell me about a God that let my mother burn to death. I said, I didn't know about your mom. Tell me the story. He said, my mom was involved with it in an auto accident and, and hit a tree and her car burst into flames. And as a 12-year-old boy, I, it was right around the corner. And I tried to reach over there and I heard my mom. I saw that was her car and it was burst. And I tried to, you remember the old cars had the heavy metal handles. And he tried to get that door open, but his hands burned and, and his mother perished in that car. I didn't tell him at that time, but later on as I got to witness to him, I said, what happened with that car? Did somebody run her off the road? Mom, no, she'd been drinking. I said, why don't you get mad at the devil that put the drink in your mama's hand? The, the God that we know loved your mama. The God that we know would have saved her if, she, if she'd have turned to him. But we understand this. And let's as a child of God. We cannot always explain the acts of God, but the acts of God are righteous. We sometimes may question the why God does something, but we can never, here's a blank to fill in, accuse him of being unfair or that he is capable of doing anything wrong. Our God is not capable of doing anything wrong. Do you believe that? The Bible explains that. Number three, we look at this, God wants his people. So his word is righteous, our God is righteous, his acts are righteous, but God wants us to be righteous. Exodus chapter 19, 5 and 6. Man, Exodus 19, listen to this, God wants his people. We're going to look to the Old Testament where he called his chosen children, and then we're going to look to the New Testament and see where he tells the church today, the believer in Christ. Oh, that was a wrong text, Brother Lou, but I don't know how. Matthew 5.48. Let's hope this is the right one, fellas. Who has that? Brother Wally? Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. All right. So Old Testament and New Testament alike, we are called to practice holiness. And look at Proverbs 21, if you would, please. Proverbs chapter 21. God provides righteousness. I mean this honestly, and I, I think I heard Brother Bliss talk about this in the last week or two. If he's in Romans chapter 9, Brother Bliss, you probably address that. Calvinism, and not to the full degree, but we understand this and we believe this. I'm going to make a statement here. God provides righteousness for those who will accept it. The Bible says Jesus Christ is not willing that any should perish, but that how many should come to repentance? But all, some will not accept that righteousness, and they turn away from it, not because they're not elect or predestined, but because they made a choice, and they will be bound for eternity because of their choice and or their choices. Look at chapter 21 and verse number 3. 
to do justice and judgment is more acceptable uh, to the Lord than to sacrifice. The book of Isaiah says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. So what must our sin look like to him? Now here's the question that we must ask ourselves. How can a God who is holy and righteous forgive the guilty? And how many of us are guilty of sin? All. What does Romans 3, 23 say? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Why? Romans 6, there is none righteous. Romans 3, 10, no, not one. There's none righteous. So how does a just and a holy God and a righteous God forgive or offer righteousness to those of us when this is all of us who are not righteous? Look at chapter 17 of the book of Proverbs and look at verse number 15, chapter 17 and verse 15. He that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just, even they both are an abomination to the Lord. Uh-oh, we've got a We've got an a imbalance of Scripture here. We have a contradiction, do we? No. Why? Look at this. God justifies the guilty sinner when they by faith trust Jesus as their Savior. Jesus is holy and perfect and righteous. And as we turn to Him by faith, God is able to justify the sinner. The only way to be righteous before God is to trust Jesus Christ Here's a blank to fill in and receive his righteousness as a free gift. Romans 5.17. Men who have that. Romans 5.17. For if by one man offense death reigned by one, much more death reigned by one, much more they that receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign. So by one, we fell, Romans 5, 12, didn't we? Who's that man? Adam. And then by one, we receive righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Men, who has that? 2 Corinthians 5. Did we get that to somebody? Brother Kevin? Isn't that what happened when we got saved? He imputed, that's a biblical word, the righteousness of Christ upon us when we by faith accepted Him. Uh, so we understand that. Look at this if you would. How does the righteous work, righteous work itself out in God's people? So we want that wisdom and the righteousness of God in our character, the inside of who we are. How does it work out in our daily life? Number one, God's people do righteousness. There's a blank to fill in there. We do, or we practice righteousness. We are not always perfect and righteous, but we seek to be. In chapter 1 of Proverbs, verse 3, the Bible says, To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. So we do. Look at chapter 25 of Proverbs and verse number 26. Chapter 25 and verse 26, A righteous man falling down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain and a corrupt spring. So we perk true faith always leads to works. Be careful with this. Sometimes we say this. People say, brother, brother, Andrew, you and I were talking about this. Oftentimes we'll say this. Somebody will come to us and say, preacher, by faith, 
We bought a house we can't afford. No, that wasn't by faith. Faith always rests on fact. Faith always does. James describes faith to us, and he describes it in three different ways. There's dead faith that's in the mind only. Ye believe, so do the devils. That's dead faith. Demonic faith is in the mind and the emotions. I'm moved. Demonic. Just like the devils, but you don't expect to see any of the demons in heaven. But then there's dynamic faith, and that is in the faith that's in the mind, in the heart, and it works out to the plan and purposes of God. So you look at that, you think about true faith always leads to works. None of us today were as righteous as we could have been. None of us were as holy as we should have been. But if you are saved and I am saved, there is a deep desire in each of our lives to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, God's people, people speak righteousness. Look at chapter 10. Chapter 10, what is your speech like? Chapter 10 and verse number 11, the mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Look at chapter 11 and verse number 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. How? Open your mouth and tell him about Jesus. So not only do we practice or we try to do righteousness, but we speak that righteousness. Chapter 12, and verse number 6. The words of the wicked are, are to lie and wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. In Miss Rogers and I's class on Sunday, we talked about the one another's in the Bible, and we picked up this this one another, that we're to edify and encourage and uplift one another and be kind one to another. Can I say this to you? Make it a practice. Every time you come to a service, say something from your heart to someone and just lift them up. Just be a blessing. Be an encouragement. Number three, how do God's people act out in righteousness? God's people pursue righteousness. Look at chapter 15 in verse number 9. We pursue it. Chapter 15, verse number 9, the way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he that loveth him followeth after righteousness. That is it. They make it their passion and goal in life. Not that so I can look at you and better myself and say, you're here and I'm here. That's not the purpose of it. Think about this. When God gives us children, he does something wonderful for us before that little boy or little girl is ever born. He puts in the, in the breast of that little child a desire to please their parents. It's in every child. We can destroy it. And I say this to you, if you and I are saved, the Bible says, John 3, you must be born again into the family of God. The desires of our Father are on our heart. We want to do His will and His work. So you look at that uh, and you think about Deuteronomy chapter, fellas, who has this? Uh, Deuteronomy chapter, no, I'm sorry. Okay, let's look at this. To begin with, God's people experience, we think about this, as we work out in this plan of righteousness, God promises some things. He promises His direction. Can we have the direction of God? Yes. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it's mentioned in your notes. Somebody quote it for me. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to thy, in all thy ways, and He shall do what? Can we be promised the direction of God in life? Can I say this to you? Can I say this to you? 
Somebody said this recently, and I forget who it was. Sunday, I heard this. Brother, no, it wasn't Sunday. It was last night in our lessons. The most important decision outside of your salvation is who you'll marry. Can you have the direction of God and who to marry? Yes, you can. God will direct your path. But then secondly, the Bible says not only will He direct us, but He will deliver us. This is what God does for the righteous. Look at chapter 11 and verse number 6. The righteousness of the upright shall what? Deliver them. But the transgressor shall be taken in their own naughtiness. God's people, I, I, I think about this this afternoon as we were going to a graveside. Brother Ehart said to me as we walked up to the graveside, he said, Pastor Mary and I, Mary and I, Nancy and I are going to be buried in that mausoleum. Brother Paul was saved out of a life of alcohol and drunkenness. And I just thought about this. I never heard, had anybody say this to me before. He said this. He said, I was in bondage and the Lord set me free. And he said, I want to be buried in the ground because that's bondage. I felt like telling him, Brother Paul, I'm pretty sure you're bound in that little house too. But, uh, but Praise the Lord for somebody who's saying, I was in bondage, but the Lord saved me and the Lord set me free. He'll direct our life, but then He'll also deliver us. God's people certainly will have their share of trials and testings, but the Lord promises to help them and make these experiences turn out for their good. That's a blank to fill in. Romans 8.28 is mentioned there. Let's quote this together. But we know what? All things work together for good. For who? All things in our life will work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to His purpose. Number three, God's people are promised His provision. Look at chapter 8 and verse, verse 20 and 21. God's people are promised His provision. Verse 20, I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance and I will fill their treasures. Aha! Wealth and prosperity gospel. There it is, preacher. When Kathy and I used to take every year, go out to her mom and dad's in Southern California. One time when I was out there, I was driving on, I forget what that is. Some of you Californians, I think that's 57 that goes up to Anaheim. I was traveling there and I had a Christian radio station on. I didn't know this, who this man was was preaching. He said this, if you're saved and you're driving and you're not driving a Mercedes or a BMW, you're not right with God. And I was driving a Buick Century. That's a grandma car. I thought, man, I thought I was right with God. He said, if you don't have a Rolex watch on your arm, you're not giving back to God like you ought to be given. That is not in the Word of God. So you say, preacher, what is this verse talking about? What are we talking about? God promised provision. This isn't an encouragement to jump on the health and wealth bandwagon. Proverbs, now think about this. Now go with me. Proverbs was written primarily to the Jewish people. And all throughout the Old Testament, you'll find this. Part of God's blessings upon His people were material blessings. Did He not? When you go into the land, if you follow me, I will bless you. I will give you a land with milk and honey. So in the Old Testament, you think about this. The Jews and under the Old Covenant, material blessings were a part of God's promises to His people. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse number 1. Did we give somebody that? 
Deuteronomy chapter 28, we didn't look at that when you get on to uh, verses number 1 through 14. Philippians 4, 19. Men, who has that? Philippians 4, verse 19. Now watch this. Can we experience God's provision today? We can. We can experience God's provision. All right, Brother Allen, read that together if you would. I think about this, and I love this. I go back to these days. I remember I told you about this before. When you're And Brother Nathan, this won't be you and Sydney, I'm sure, when you get married. But you know that when my wife and I first got married, we, didn't, we weren't real smart. And we didn't all figure it out. And we bought our first couch. Brand new. We're so proud of that couch. Little, we let, later on, we realized it wasn't a couch at all. It was a love seat. We thought it was a couch. And don't ever do this. If you want to stay married, don't ever do this. That couch had removable seat cushions and back cushions. It was horrible. And as it wore out, somebody would come home and they'd sit in our couch and they'd just disappear. <laughs> and we had it for years and we just were thankful for it. But I said, sweetheart, we need a new couch. And I, we didn't have any money to buy a new couch. And I said, let's just pray about it. And I'm not kidding you, we didn't pray but a couple of times about it. We're praying for a new couch. I remember one Sunday I was walking to church and one of the men was coming in. And he said, brother, you need a new couch. I hadn't told anybody. Maybe he sat in our old couch, I don't know. I hadn't told anybody. He said, the Lord touched our heart to buy you a new couch. We went down to Lazy Boy. Whoa. You can get on either end of that couch and you can just recline, just fall asleep. That couch is worn out. It's got some holes in it, but I hate to throw it away because it's a trophy. Can I say this to you? Before you swipe a card or go into debt, and even if it's 90 days, same as cash, or one year, same as cash, how about just asking God to meet your needs? And He's promised to do that, to meet our provision. Uh, he's promised. Look at this, the influence of righteousness before we close tonight. Uh, Genesis chapter 12. Did we give anybody that? Me in Genesis 12. Go with me if you would please. Genesis chapter number 12. What is the influence of righteousness? I can tell you this. What Pueblo needs more than anything is to be filled with God's people that live the life of wisdom that leads to righteousness. In Genesis chapter 12 verse number 2. God promises Abraham in verse number 2 it says, And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. They are blessed in their character, in their work. As we practice wisdom in our life, and as we look at the principles and commandments of the Word of God, and we put them to practice in our life, then holiness has become a part and righteous, a part of our character. They're blessed in their character. Philip Brooks, the great uh, uh, contemporary of old, said this, The purpose of this life is to build character through following the truth. That's how we build character, follow the truth. Where can we get the truth? John 17, 7 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. We had a service today, and I didn't get to follow the proceedings at the house today, but I caught some of it. There was a lot of lies going on in the House of Representatives today. A lot of lies. And sometimes you look at that and say, why don't somebody stand up and say, this is not true at all? Child of God, the Word of God shows us what truth is. 
The more we become like Christ, the less, there's a blank to fill in, we will enjoy the things of the world. They're blessed in their character. We don't have time to really look at and expound upon this. They're blessed in their homes. Can I say if there's one thing that I pray for you in our church, I pray that you'll be blessed in your homes, blessed in your marriages, blessed in your children's lives. Somebody said it this way, as goes the home, goes, so goes the church. As goes the church, so goes the nation. The Hebrew family culture refers to the family as well as the dwelling, which means the children of the godly are included in that blessing. Bless their character. Bless their homes. Bless the, these blessings are citizen and leaders. Can I say this to you? And we can't expound upon this. Study American history. The greatest leaders, not just in America, but worldwide, the greatest leaders in all of history are Christian people. Absolutely. Uh, the greatest leaders down through time have been Christian people. God blesses His people when they follow righteous leaders. And so I think about this. Let's wrap this up tonight. Brother, Brother Travis, you have Proverbs 33, 12. You don't? Okay. Proverbs 33, look at this if you would. Go to get... Oh. What, did we, what did we give you, Brother Travis? 33. It's hard to do, isn't it? No, it's not. You can't do that, can you? Think about this as we wrap up the study tonight. I don't know about you. What is the purpose for us to study wisdom in our life? Biblical principles to practice in our life. Here's what it'll do. If we live them out and live them out, God instills godly, godliness in our character that leads us to a righteous life, what can we expect? The direction of God, the deliverance of God, the provision of God, the blessings in our home. This is not wealth and prosperity gospel. This is what God promises us when we just live by the word of God. Now, let me say this to you. Tomorrow, both of those calls will go out to you, will go out to me. The call of wickedness, come, cast in thy lot among us. Let us have one purse. The call of the world has come be like us. The call of wisdom will go out. And the call of wisdom always goes to righteousness and holy living. Child of God, think about this. Are you thinking about how close you can get to the world? Or are you thinking about how close you can get to Jesus? Because it's one or the other. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for the study of thy word that directs us and guides us. And Father, we thank you that that wisdom in the book of Colossians, is identified in the person of Jesus Christ. The wisdom of God to us is revealed in Christ Jesus. Teach us to walk with Him. Teach us to know Him. The Apostle Paul said that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering being made conformable. And Father, it is our prayer that You would conform us to Your image and Your likeness. Dismiss us with Your love once again. And Father, hear our prayers of our heart that we mentioned before about those brothers and sisters that need you in a real way tonight. And if it's you, Terry, you're coming, bring us back again Sunday around thy word. In Jesus' name we pray.